0: We're celebrating the 30th anniversary of Whiteheart's historic landmark album Freedom on this special edition of the Gourmet Music Podcast. Hey, how you doing? My name is Dave Trout and we are going to be taking a walk down memory lane on today's edition of the Gourmet Music Podcast, a production of UTR Media. Uh, and if for some of you who have been fans of Christian rock for a long time, this might be a nostalgic journey. For some of you, it might be a little bit of a history lesson in one of the most important and influential names, and specifically, an influential album that came out in 1989, now celebrating its 30th anniversary. Today we're going to be doing a retrospective on the White Hart album, Freedom. So this show doesn't sound like your typical gourmet music podcast. In fact, if you want to hear some of what we normally sound like, you might want to listen to the last couple of episodes. But for now, just sit back and enjoy this retrospective on one of the most important albums in Christian rock history. We are celebrating White Heart's Freedom album and its 30th anniversary. Enjoy.
1: When Freedom came out, it definitely got everyone's attention. And surprisingly, we ended up playing it on the overhead at True Tunes a lot. Uh, The production quality, the song structures, everything just sounded different about that record.
2: When it came time for arrangements, every one of these songs got a royal treatment. Every song had a unique intro. Not one of them is just a straight rock backbeat from drummer Chris McHugh. He starts, he stops, he gives each song its own percussive fingerprint.
3: When Freedom came out, I immediately purchased it. And it was spectacular. And I think it blew away their earlier albums.
0: This is part nostalgia, part celebration, and part history lesson as we celebrate the 30th anniversary of one of the most important albums in Christian music history. This is UTR Media's celebration of White Hart's album, Freedom. That is track number seven on the amazing White Hart album, Freedom, from 1989. We're celebrating its 30th anniversary on this special edition of the Gourmet Music Podcast. Um, and I'll start by telling you about how I was introduced to the music of White Hart. It really came from my older brother and sister who were just getting into the Christian rock scene in the mid-1980s. And they told me about this fiery new lead vocalist that the band Whiteheart got named Rick Florian. And they soon released Don't Wait for the Movie in 1986. And I was hooked on that album at the age of 10. Uh, I would like to tell people that Whiteheart was the first concert I ever went to. Uh, it's actually not true. I went to kind of a hokey CCM concert. Um, in late 1986, that was my first concert. But my second concert, and to be honest, my real first concert was White Heart's Don't Wait for the Movie tour in early 1987. And then uh, they released the album Emergency Broadcast in late 1987. And in 1989, released this iconic album, which now stands the test of time as not only White Hart's best career album, but one of the best albums in Christian music history. Well, I am not alone as we talk today and discuss this album. We have a round table of participants who would like to reflect with me.
3: I'm Garrett Godfrey from The Good Patron Podcast. I'm Robert
1: Berman from Worship Musician Magazine. Hey, this is John J. Thompson from True Tunes and happy to join in the conversation about White Hart's Freedom record. Hard to believe it has been this many years since that record came out. Oh, my gosh.
0: And even the fact that we are talking about this album 30 years later shows that it has had an impact on a lot of people and that, at least in the historical context, um, it's relevant and has stood the test of time. Um, There are not many albums in Christian music history from that era that people are still talking about. I mean, it's a very short list. I think of maybe some albums by um, Amy Grant, Michael W. Smith, The Choir, Russ Taff, Um, but it's, it's a somewhat short list. And this album just always seems to pop up as one of the best of all time, especially in... The rock arena of Christian music. So, I'd love to get um, your guys' opinions, um, just your overall take on the album. Let's start with Garrett.
3: White Heart's album Freedom came out when I was in college, and I was already into harder and weirder music like Striper or the 77s, The Crucified, but I had a soft spot for White Heart ever since I'd first heard their song Hotline. They were just straight ahead great pop and rock. I liked their albums, Don't Wait for the Movie, and Emergency Broadcast. So when Freedom came out, I immediately purchased it. And it was spectacular on CD with a good pair of headphones. And I think it blew away their earlier albums. With beautiful, soaring vocals and harmonies, clever and insightful lyrics, tight musicianship, this really still is an amazing album. And in fact, it's my favorite of all the albums they put out. It's full of some great songs, but I would get frustrated listening to our local Christian radio station, KRDS, because they kept overplaying The River Will Flow, which is a fine song, but it was overplayed, and I was stunned that they weren't playing Invitation. I finally called the station during a request show, and that's when I learned that Invitation was the rock single, and the station was more ACCHR format. Until that point, I guess I just thought that the DJs listened to the albums and played their favorite songs. That album went on to have a number of radio hits and the band deserved all the success this album achieved.
0: Yeah, now let's turn to John.
1: Yeah, when Freedom came out, I will be honest, White Heart was uh, not one of the bands that was central to the True Tunes uh, radar. We were definitely a little bit more zeroed in on alternative bands and kind of the mainstream production aesthetic and style aesthetic and Whiteheart had definitely become more of the core ccm thing uh but when freedom came out it definitely got everyone's attention and surprisingly we ended up playing it on the overhead at true tunes a lot uh the production quality the song structures everything just sounded different about that record uh, in the whole totality of Whiteheart's catalog, it stood out. It still stands out. It still stands the test of time. It's a remarkable record.
0: All right. And we
2: pass it over now to Robert. Christian music in the 80s often did not stand up well sonically compared to its mainstream counterparts. It tended to be a few years behind the time stylistically, and they couldn't afford the most experienced recording engineers or producers. But here, Freedom is the rare album that did stand up to its peers, which at the time would have been something by U2 or Def Leppard. By the mid-90s, plenty of Christian albums had this level of sonic quality, but it took years, and they usually didn't have such clearly Christian lyrics by then. I was already a Whiteheart fan ever since Rick Florian took over lead vocals in 1986, but Bye Bye Babylon, the first track on Freedom, blew me away. Rick had such a fury in his vocals And that first chorus imprinted itself on my brain Like few songs have
0: Nice Well let's jump into some music right now And let's listen to that song It's the opening track of the Freedom album Here's Bye Bye Babylon Come oh, on, that is good. Ah, oh, yes. Now you you almost have to put yourself into 1989 and hear the landscape of what Christian rock sounded like at that time to really appreciate the quality of this album, Freedom. Um and I think it I think if we talk about why did Freedom sound so good, why why was it a cut above what was out there? I think it really comes down to two variables. Number one, the incredible band that had formed and it didn't even outlive um the the freedom era because everyone sort of went into different directions, but for a for a couple few years Whiteheart had assembled just world-class songwriters and performers. And it was like the perfect storm of amazing musicians that had gathered together. The other variable is that they teamed up with an amazing producer. Um, Brown Bannister is one of the most iconic production names you can say in Christian music history. He either produced or engineered work for Amy Grant, Michael W. Smith, Sarah Groves, Susan Ashton, Charlie Peacock, PFR, Third Day, Stephen Curtis Chapman, and at least 50 other names. Uh, He has 14 Grammy Awards to his credit, and uh, he was the producer for the Freedom album. Now, I've only had the chance to talk to Brown Bannister one time in my life, and it was several years ago, maybe just about five years ago or so, Um, I was at a conference, he was one of the guest speakers, I went up to him afterwards, and I could have talked for ages about all these amazing albums that he worked on, and I said, "Uh, Mr. Bannister, I I have to only, if I can only just have one thing to say to you, I need to say thank you for White Heart's Freedom album. And his face lit up, and he told me some great memories he had of recording that album in Franklin in a house where they took over the whole house and recorded all together as a band. Um, it was, it was fun to just hear, um, those memories kind of pop into his head. In fact, let's pass it around to our special guests right now, uh, and hear some of your thoughts about the production quality of this album.
1: So one of the first things that stands out, uh, in terms of the production quality, was that uh, previous records, for one thing, they had jumped around and had different producers and different emphasis points. Freedom sounded like one focus from the very beginning of the record all the way through. Sonically, it was remarkable. It actually sounded a lot better than any of their other records. The drums, the guitars, everything sounded excellent. Brown Bannister was the producer, And uh, I guess the band had gotten together and actually rehearsed the whole record live in a rehearsal space for weeks before they even went into the studio. I remember hearing about this at the time. Uh, It gave the record a more live sounding uh, quality to it, whereas previous stuff had definitely had more of a studio sound um, and just a little bit more disjointed. Freedom definitely sounded like a, a band playing together.
2: Brown Bannister had made a name for himself producing a series of increasingly sophisticated albums for Amy Grant throughout the 1980s. Freedom was his first time working with a rock band, but you wouldn't know it. When it came time for arrangements, every one of these songs got a royal treatment. Every song had a unique intro. Not one of them is just a straight rock backbeat from drummer Chris McHugh. He starts, he stops, he gives each song its own percussive fingerprint. Instruments come in and drop out like an orchestra. Everybody doesn't need to play all the time.
0: Yeah, it really was an amazing assemblage of talent with... Rick, Mark, Billy, Tommy, Gordon, and Chris all combining together, um, just a lightning in a bottle moment. And right now we're going to hear um, one of the standout tracks from the Freedom album. In fact, I might even call it my all-time favorite song from the album. It still is relevant to me today as it was back then. It still ministers to me. It's maybe the closest Whiteheart has come to a worship song that... Uh, worship music really wasn't even much of a thing back then, but this song, "Over Me," the the production quality on it just is remarkable, and the lyrics are beautiful. So check this out: the song "Over Me" from Freedom. Here's Whiteheart. That is track number four from the iconic Freedom album by White Hart, released in 1989. Yes, we're celebrating the 30th anniversary of that release on today's special edition of the Gourmet Music Podcast. Now, if you are new to this music or just sort of listening as a little bit of a Christian music history lesson, um, you might wonder, well, what happened to White Hart next? Um, Well, the the assemblage of talent that was there for the Freedom album and the Freedom tour um, kind of went their separate ways. Um, At least half the band did. Chris McHugh, Tommy Sims, and Gordon Kennedy became uh, some of the most sought-after session players in all of Nashville. Uh, They worked with uh, incredible artists like Garth Brooks, Bruce Springsteen, uh, the list goes on. And um, Gordon and Tommy teamed up with uh, co-writer Wayne Kirkpatrick and wrote this song you might remember. Yep, those three guys wrote Change the World by Eric Clapton, and uh, it was released in 1996, and they received the most prestigious songwriting award in all of music which is the grammy award for song of the year in february 1997 two guys two former guys from white Hart, <laughs> a part of that acceptance team pretty amazing uh, well the white Hart band did continue past the freedom album in fact they had many years of success in the early 90s um but with shifts and changes in the music industry and more of a revolving door of some of the members of the band, White Heart. um, The success did wane through the 90s, and 1998 was when the band officially sort of called it quits. Um, But they did get back together for one epic night to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Freedom, and five of the six original band members took the stage. We have some bootlegged audio from that reunion concert coming up in the second half of this special as we celebrate White Hart's 30th anniversary of freedom here on the Gourmet Music Podcast.
1: This UTR podcast is sponsored by the brand new full length project from singer songwriter Joel Ansett. Look
4: back, look back,
1: a Place I Knew Before by Joel Ansett is a sophomore full length studio album with songs that speak straight to the heart and soul. My heart
4: and shape it,
1: You can find the brand new album, A Place I Knew Before, by Joel Ansett, right now on Spotify and all major music platforms.
0: Hey friends, we would love to get your help during a special GoFundMe campaign right now. We extended the campaign and it will end, rain or shine, on October 23rd, 2019. Hey, Dave, you might be asking, what if I'm listening to this on demand and it's after October 23rd, 2019? Thanks for asking. You do not need to wait for a campaign to help out and support UTR Media. Uh, You can give a one-time or monthly gift at any time at utrmedia.org. Right now, I'd like to thank these fine folks for contributing to our current campaign. Darren Anderson, Wendy Alley, Rick Lee James, Matt Case, Cinda Pierce, Larry Steffen, Jesse McNeil, Chris Barrett, and several folks who uh, gave anonymously. We are now in our new home in the Nashville area, and we could use your help to outfit a new UTR podcast studio so we can deliver even better quality podcasts, videos, albums, articles, and playlists, Would you consider giving any amount to help us reach the goal? It all ends October 23rd. Just search UTR at GoFundMe.com. Thanks.
1: This UTR podcast is sponsored by the 2019 Project from singer-songwriter and worship leader John Lizinga. In Troubled Times by John Lizinga is a musical resource to address important social justice issues through the context of worship music. God knows
4: you living on the streets. God knows you living on the streets. All my food do I share with you? Do I take the time to listen to?
1: You can find the new album, In Troubled Times, by John Lizinga right now on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Bandcamp, or wherever you get your music.
0: Welcome back to UTR Media's celebration of the 30th anniversary of White Heart's album, Freedom.
2: Let the Kingdom Come could have been just a standard blues song. Instead, Tommy Sims starts it with a funky bass ostinato, a repeated figure. It repeats for three verses, with more gutsy singing than Mark Gershmal had ever given us before. Then, when the vocals shift to Rick Florian halfway through, it becomes a completely different song, this massive wall of arena rock guitars and stacked vocals.
0: Right now, we fast forward to this summer, June 29th, 2019.
3: So, where are we headed?
0: Well, we're about one mile away from the concert. From what concert? White 30 year Freedom Album reunion concert. Dang! <laughs> <It's
3: bad. laughs>
4: so what are you feeling are you excited
0: what i'm yes i'm really excited um i just can't wait to it's just so fun to um have a band that you really were inspired by you know 20 25 30 35 years ago and kind of get to have one last party. <laughs> the oh here's the church. Whoa. There's a line of Oh man, maybe a hundred people outside the door. It looks like they haven't opened the doors yet.
2: Okay, I'm Ken from Chicago. Yeah.
0: Hey, hey we're from Chicago too. Oh. We'll have to
2: Ryan from Romeoville, which is near Chicago. Yeah.
0: Excellent. <laughs> I'm Jeff. I'm from Joliet. Wow. So yeah. you, got, you guys travel down just for this show or for other stuff? No, just for this. Just, you know, yep. of- wow, that's amazing. I mean, we're,
2: seeing, we're seeing family. I got my brother lives yeah, down yeah. here and my dad's in Georgia, so I'm gonna see him. But yeah. oh. this is the reason yeah. for the trip. Yeah, for
0: it's sure. Yeah.
1: I am Becky Klein from Worcester, Ohio.
0: Did you come all the way for this concert?
1: Just for this.
0: That's pretty special.
1: My name is Mark and I'm from Southern Indiana.
0: Excellent. And just why Whiteheart? Why was Whiteheart such an important
1: band? I discovered Whiteheart when I was in high school, uh, about 85 or so, and just immediately gravitated toward the lyrics, the, the musicianship. they just, they're a cut above.
0: Why is
1: Whiteheart?
0: such an important band in the like history of christian music
3: yeah it's just Peter. always
2: been my favorite stylistically of music and yeah like he was saying they just don't do that anymore there's very few bands out there that
4: yeah.
2: that play this kind of music anymore and you know with the message mm, right. that they have behind it so yeah it's uh you know, kind of grew up on them, and you know, 30 years later, here we are. Yeah.
3: <laughs> just the lyrics of the music, and yeah, I just. My yeah. by
2: far my favorite White Heart song over me. <laughs> I like it. It's my favorite song too. Over yeah. me. So yeah. my, my favorite on White Heart on this album on Freedom was "Bye Bye Bye Babylon." Yeah. With Power Tools, a, a close second. It was definitely a very iconic right. album.
0: Thanks to these special guests who are at the Freedom 30th Anniversary Concert on June 29th in Brentwood, Tennessee. And boy, do we have a treat for you because we're going to take you to the concert. Yes, we'll be playing some bootlegged audio uh, from that incredible concert experience, which, by the way, was my favorite concert of 2019. But for now, let's get back into the music and play another song from the Freedom album. Now, there are some memorable, iconic, fan-favorite, even chart-topping songs from that album. But we asked our panelists, uh, what was one of the hidden gems that really stood out to them? And a couple of our panelists were in agreement. Power Tools
2: was one of the last of a series of Christian songs responding to the televangelist scandals of the late 80s. Russ Taff had shake. Randy Stonehill had Camp By a miracle. King's X had mission. Power Tools makes its mark through a well-thought-out arrangement. Gordon Kennedy's guitar doubles the vocal at a pivotal moment in each verse. Chris McHugh gets a monster drum riff, ba-bum, bum, ba-bum, in the middle of each chorus that makes the song pop.
1: Another song that kind of stood out to me when I was looking at the track listing, I remember this. I saw a track called Power Tools And I suspected, oh no, this is going to be some cheese ball, uh, just youth groupie. I don't know what their play is going to be. I don't know what it's, It was just the song power tools. When I saw the title, I thought it was going to be lame. Then I listened to it and not only was it sonically and musically interesting, but the lyric was actually kind of clever. I liked the idea that it was kind of a dig at pastors and Christian leaders who were theologically weak, who were uh, sort of using technology and using the media to blast out messages that they really didn't know what they were talking about. Um, It was a lot more smarmy and kind of edgy than I expected out of a band like Whiteheart. I really liked it more than I thought I would.
0: If you own Freedom on vinyl or cassette, that would be the close of Side A. It's track six of Freedom Power Tools on this special 30th anniversary celebration of Whiteheart's iconic album Freedom. Well, I took a look around online to see if there were other folks who love the Freedom album as much as we do. Oh, yeah. In fact, RamblingEverOn.com said... Uh, For the last 20 years or so, I have ranked Freedom as my all-time favorite album. It has more of a timeless feel than most anything else that came out in the late 1980s, or really anything in any era for that matter. Two years ago, Jesus Freak Hideout revisited the album, gave it a five-star review, and said, This is arguably the best record created by one of the most pioneering rock outfits in Christian music history. One of the big surprises that came the night of June 29th for that 30th anniversary concert is that there was a guest MC for the night, and it was multi-platinum recording artist Bart Millard from the band Mercy Me, and he cites... Freedom as one of the top 5 most influential albums of his whole life and he said that Whiteheart's Freedom is the reason why he's in a band Mercy Me instead of being a solo artist. Let's see what our guest panelists have to say as they reflect on where the album Freedom lands in the scope of Christian music history
3: there was something about this album that still has folks talking 30 years later. In fact, I think this album came out at the perfect time for the success it achieved. It had plenty of ballads for the adult contemporary radio stations, some more energetic songs for the stations willing to play CHR or contemporary hits, but also some great rock songs for the stations that dared to have a rock show. And there were more of those as the 80s went on and into the 90s. And each of these songs were good enough to make you want to track down the album to pick it up.
2: White Hart at this point had four lead vocalists among six guys. Florian, Sims, Gershmol, and Kennedy all sang lead on occasion. If you look at other bands like that, bands like Eagles and Fleetwood Mac, you'll know they don't stay together long. There's just too much talent looking for expression. They splinter. It happened to Whiteheart too. Before long, these guys were working with major names like Garth Brooks and Eric Clapton in the mainstream. But here, for a brief moment, they worked together and produced a major success. I hope it opened doors for them. It should have.
1: There's uh, there's no arguing that this is a Christian rock record, for better or worse. But uh, whereas God made convertibles and the, the previous records had had these kind of Almost silly kind of youth groupy songs on it. Freedom avoids a lot of those kind of moments, and all of the songs uh, had a level of sophistication to them that we hadn't heard out of Whiteheart before, uh, and it was that was definitely a, a welcome change. Uh, lyrically, there were several points throughout the record where you definitely could tell that they were making sure that they hit the bases necessary to count as Christian rock. Um, and I found that a little bit unfortunate at the time and still, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Uh, but when you think back to that genre, especially in the eighties when Christian rock really became a genre, uh, in my opinion, DeGarmo and Key was the band to beat musically. Like as performers, they were exceptional. Petra was probably the biggest of the bands uh, just in terms of their brand. And Whiteheart was sort of the the third, maybe, in that when Freedom came out, uh, that things kind of shifted. You know, they they sort of moved into the pole position um, there at the end of the '80s with this record. And it's not uh, surprising when you look at the lineup who they had in the band. It's, it's like a dream team with Tommy Sims on bass, who of course later is going to end up playing with Bruce Springsteen with Gordon Kennedy playing guitar who's going to end up playing for everybody and is an incredible songwriter Uh, with chris mccue playing drums uh, who's also going to go on and play with a ton of people and become one of the most uh, valued drummers in all of nashville you kind of had this perfect storm with whiteheart on this album brown banister producing uh, obviously, you've got Gershmal and you've got Billy Smiley still as the sort of lone original members. You got Rick with the great vocals. And then you've got those other three guys that just are the uh, ridiculous, uh, world-class talent brought into it. And you just have this amazing moment. And live, I remember seeing this version of the band play a couple of times, and it was something else. Uh, they were just fantastic to see live.
0: Oh, I love those thoughts. You know, I can tell you my very first memory of the album Freedom. I was in the car with my older brother, Mike. He was a sophomore at Wheaton College. I was 13 years old. I can still remember the dorm we were driving outside of when this song came on the radio. And he told me, oh yeah, White Hart has a new album coming out pretty soon. This was the first single. Oh, so good. Still to this day the river will flow. Here's Whitehearts. of the end of the song where there's a gang chorus singing oh the river will flow oh the river is peace um it's actually like a who's who list of some amazing ccm talent from the late 80s including margaret becker steve camp bb and cc Wynans, Stephen curtis chapman and a bunch of others just singing as part of white heart's choir how cool is that well, as we begin to wrap things up, I cannot emphasize enough how important the band Whiteheart is to me personally. Um, they were important in my tween years, and then my teen years, and then my college years, and beyond. Um, they still are on a very short list of um, artists that had a deep impact on my faith formation. Uh, especially through my teen years. So I'm so thankful for them, and I'm thankful for this incredible album that they released in 1989 called Freedom.
2: When the Jesus Music Forum on Facebook polled its members on the best Christian rock albums prior to 1990, this album was top 10, right up there with the best from Amy Grant, Larry Norman, Petra, Steve Taylor, Phil Kagey, Russ Taff. Permanently, Freedom is my favorite Christian album of the 80s. The only 80s album I'd rank ahead of it at all is The Joshua Tree.
3: It's a great album with some amazing electric guitar and bass work and vocals, that demand of your attention. So if you've never heard it, or if it's been a while, I dare you to set the quality settings to high for your music app of choice, put on a really good set of headphones, and listen to the whole album.
1: It was one of those bands that had it not been for lyrics that were so specifically ccm there was no reason this band wouldn't have been uh counted right up there with all of the bigger mainstream rock bands um but for those of us who were in that kind of christian bubble uh this was one of those bands that uh you thought oh my gosh it uh," you know they, they really have dialed it in and for that moment with freedom they really really did
0: so right now we're going to travel back to June 29th of this year when white Hart members reunited for a special 30th anniversary celebration of the album freedom, where they played several of the tracks off of that album and had amazing time of reflection and stories of impact. Uh, I already told you Bart Millard from mercy me was the MC of the night. Um, also, much to our surprise, which blew my socks off, five of the six original band members from the Freedom album reunited for this concert. So Billy Smiley was the only one that couldn't make it. It was Rick Florian, Mark Gershmel, um Gordon Kennedy, Tommy Sims, and Chris McHugh. Friend of the band, Scott Bernard, who is also uh, a part of Kenny Loggins touring band, stepped in um, and did a fantastic job in Billy's stead. Even producer Brown Bannister was there to uh, share some reflections about the making of that album. What a special night it was. I already said this earlier, but 2019 is not even over. And I can tell you that hands down, it was my personal favorite concert of the year. Um, now I was able to grab some bootlegged audio, um, through, well, I'll just tell you it was my cell phone and, um, and so you get to hear at least a little bit of a taste. Now this won't, will not do it justice. I know that, um, a, a small little recording device trying to capture, you know, these incredibly musicians from White Hart, But I hope you can hear from the audio that they still got it, that they obviously are fantastic musicians, and the performance was out of this world. This is actually the closing song of the night, Sing Your Freedom. Freedom 30 concert was June 29th, 2019, at New Hope Church in Brentwood, Tennessee. And for the record, Whiteheart gave all the proceeds from that concert to two nonprofit organizations that they care about. Amazing. If you'd like to dig a little bit deeper about that concert, I wrote a full concert review. That is available at our website, utrmedia.org. Just look under the news section for the 30th anniversary concert of White Hart's Freedom. Special thank you to our guest panelists today, Garrett Godfrey, Robert Berman, and John J. Thompson. And thanks to Ken, Ryan, Jeff, Becky, and Mark, who attended that concert and shared their thoughts with us. Thank you to the sponsors of today's show. And we wouldn't be here at all if it wasn't for the generosity of UTR's support team. If you'd like more information about helping us to continue to produce podcasts, videos, articles, albums, and playlists that help people rediscover their soul connection to music, then check us out online at our website, utrmedia.org. We are also on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter, all at UTR Media. I'm Dave Trout, and this has been a special production of the Gourmet Music Podcast. In our next episode, we have another special lined up for you. We'll be collaborating with the UTR Critics Panel to discuss and listen to some of the best albums from the entire decade of the 2010s. That's coming up on the next episode of the Gourmet Music Podcast. This has been a production of UTR Media, an independent, listener-supported, nonprofit ministry in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and online at utrmedia.org.